Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Colossians chapter 2. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, we pray that we would trust in Jesus, that he would be our head. We would not be carried away by false teaching, worshiping the wrong thing. We pray that we would find everything in Jesus. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Colossians 2. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have on behalf of you and those in Laodicea and all those who have not seen my face in person, so that their hearts may be encouraged, united in love, and into all the wealth of the full assurance of insight into the knowledge of the mystery of God, Christ, in whom all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden. I say this in order that no one will deceive you with persuasive speech. For even if I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing and seeing your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, live in him, firmly rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding with thankfulness. Beware, lest anyone take you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Because in him all the fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you are filled in him, who is the head over every ruler and authority, in whom also you were circumcised with a circumcision not made by hands, by the removal of the body of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which also you were raised together with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And although you were dead in the trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, having destroyed the certificate of indebtedness in ordinances against us, which was hostile to us, and removed it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. When he had disarmed the rulers and the authorities, he made a display of them in public, triumphing over them by it. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you with reference to eating or drinking or participation in a feast or a new moon or a Sabbath, which are a shadow of what is to come, but the reality is Christ. Let no one condemn you, taking pleasure in humility and the worship of angels, going into detail about things which he has seen, inflated without cause by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, supported and held together by the ligaments and sinews, grows with the growth of God. If you have died with Christ to the elemental spirits of the world, why do you submit to them? as if living in the world. Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, which things are meant for destruction by consuming according to human commandments and teachings, which things, although they have, to be sure, an appearance of wisdom in self-made religion and humility and unsparing treatment of the body, do not have any value against the indulgence of the flesh. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. Paul ended chapter 1 talking about his suffering for Christ, 
Now he says that he struggles for them so that they will get the treasure in Christ and not be deceived by false teachers. We get some hints of what the false teaching was about in this chapter, but we cannot say for certain. The solution is to be firmly rooted in Christ. Opposed to what he mentions, human tradition and the spirits of this world. Perhaps the false teaching was about the different spiritual beings that the teachers claimed to have knowledge of. This would be like the Gnostic false teachers, who we know about later. The Greek word gnosis with a G means knowledge, so that the Gnostic teachers were trying to say they had this special knowledge that you needed to be saved. I'm not sure if that is what these false teachers were saying, but the solution Paul gives is the same that in Christ, all the fullness of deity dwells bodily. So we don't need more than Christ. We were dead spiritually, and Christ made us alive. We were in debt to sin, and Christ nailed that to the cross and defeated all of the spiritual forces that were against us. The false teachers may have also taught special rituals. Paul mentions one simple ritual, baptism, which connects us to the death and resurrection of Christ. Then Paul turns to some rules that the false teachers may have been teaching, rules about what you could eat or drink or days you had to observe. This sounds like the Judaizing teachers now, saying that they had to follow the law of Moses. So perhaps these teachers were Jews, or maybe they had come up with a different set of rules that they were trying to teach. This is sort of like the idea of asceticism, which came into the church a little later, the idea that you can be more holy by denying your body things or treating your body harshly. Again, the solution is Christ. The problem with keeping physical rules is that they don't solve our heart problem. In fact, they tend to make us proud, or as Paul puts it, inflated without cause by his fleshly mind. But if we instead look to Christ as our head, it should solve that pride problem and our behavior should follow. Paul said that these rules the false teachers are suggesting are self-made religion, but in reality they do not have any value against the indulgence of the flesh. And now for a deeper dive. In one sense, we don't like rules, but on the other hand, we are attracted to rules in some ways, because that way I can be proud of myself. I am keeping the rules. I am good. And We can find loopholes to do what we really want because the rules haven't changed our hearts. And we love to apply our rules to other people so that we look better than them. Paul says rules just look good, but they don't really solve our problem. The solution is Christ. If he is really our head, then we will be following what he wants. And that may look a little different in my life than it does in yours. Because our situation is different, and we are at different points on our journey. I shouldn't be proud because I am following a particular rule better than you are. If only we could be united in love of Christ and love each other. Then our behavior will follow. We can learn from each other. If I don't watch certain movies, that isn't some rule that you have to follow, but you can think about my reasons and decide for yourself in your situation. If you avoid certain business establishments, I can think about your reasons and decide if it makes sense in my situation. Each of us has a direct relationship with Christ. And as a relationship, it isn't a set of rules. 
what would Jesus do was a fad phrase for a time. But maybe we should say, what can I do to honor Jesus as my head in this situation? Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible, copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.